Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. MJ Cleary with you for the next hour. Bring you the latest from the Midlands and further afield from the world of agriculture, food and agribusiness. Now, thank you all for joining me. And the weather is something that is on the tip of everybody's tongue at the moment. Just what an amount of rain we are having at the moment. Really, really heavy rain the last couple of days and more of the same for the rest of the week. It seems that this is the weather pattern of late. If it's dry, it stays dry. And if it's raining, it stays raining. Hopefully we get back to a little bit more settled conditions in the coming weeks. But uh, on to this evening's programme. And news of the nitrate derogation is the big item in agriculture this week. So we've seen the IFA come out with a particularly forceful statement that the government must stop letting the Green Party run the show and stand up to them or else Irish agriculture will be decimated. With up-to-date news on the derogation and whether or not it is being reduced from 250 to 220, Eddie Burgess from Chagas will join me later in the hour. Pat O'Toole from the Irish Farmers Journal was part of a group spearheaded by Tim Cullinan and the IFA and they travelled to the USA recently where they met with different groups but most importantly they had almost an hour with US Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. So what did one of the most influential people in agriculture in the world have to say to this Irish delegation and what are his thoughts on the future of agriculture stay tuned and I'll be speaking to Pat a little later on the programme BASE B-A-S-E are a group of like-minded farmers who have got together to share ideas and thoughts on farming BASE stands for Biodiversity Agriculture Soil and Environment one of their key messages is that of minimum cultivation techniques or min-till as we call it Another, and this is very apt at the moment, with grass getting ahead of people across the country, is that of mob grazing, where cattle are led into paddocks with extremely strong covers and the excess grass that is not used or walked into the paddock is seen to help with soil fertility. Later, Mervyn Akmuti, a base farmer, will join me to chat on this. Now, as always, text me on 083 30 10 103. Be happy to bring to our guests here this evening. In a moment, I'm going to be speaking to Paddy Donnelly about the upcoming Mullingar show. But first, some news items that caught my eye this week that I want to bring to your attention. One of those is the tillage incentive scheme. So if you've applied for the tillage incentive scheme, that's fine. But if you have and you have until Friday to uh, put in your application for it. So that's for new applicants, people who put grassland into tillage this year and also farmers who applied last year if the land is still in tillage. So if you had grassland last year, this year you put in tillage, that's the tillage incentive scheme. And that is well, well worth applying for. It's only a matter of clicking some buttons on your ag food and you're in for the payments. Not to forget about that. Uh, Also, in relation to the cost of production at the moment, uh, Chagas have come out with uh, a figure for dairy farmers saying it's costing 35 cent a litre at the moment on dairy farms and it is completely unsustainable. Uh, that is uh, speaking in a recent interview, uh, Dr. Lawrence Shalou, head of Chagas's animal and grassland research. So that's the figure they're talking about at the moment, 35 cent a litre being completely unsustainable. Uh, staying on dairy, an interesting one I thought, Avonmore, uh, which is the brand from uh, Glambia, Tierland as it's now known, have just announced an oat drink. So you're not allowed to call it oat milk. Back in the day it was all called oat milk, but uh, not allowed to be called oat milk anymore. It's an oat drink. So basically it's oats uh, grounded down and the juice that comes out of them is a drink. Very big in coffee shops now. 
uh, for uh, for for coffees and and for different drinks like that. But uh, Avon Moore are going to have one on the shelf. And the interesting thing I think with this is the price point. So it's coming in at two seventy nine to two ninety nine a liter. So let's say two ninety nine a liter versus Avon Moore's regular milk, fresh milk is coming in at one forty nine a liter. So double the price point there. So any of these products look they're going to have a little bit of market share but realistically uh, they're never going to take over from the tradition and, and never would be able to from a scale perspective either but at 149 uh, milk is going to see the day out I think uh, for, for most shoppers there uh, one grower said it's heartening to see Tierland is innovating and adding value to crops obviously look organic oats is a big crop or and uh, more and more of it is going to be grown as a result of that. A word on the beef trade, and it is still bad news. Bad news every week here for the last number of weeks in relation to the beef trade. Quotes have slipped back for the seventh week on the trot. So we're down around 485 to 490. And as I said last week, was speaking to Darren Carty from the Farmer's Journal. I said, at the moment, it just looks like beef factories want to drive people out of beef finishing. I can't see any other modus operandi here other than that. And there's going to be nobody going back buying cattle if prices continue to plummet, especially considering we're the 5th of July. So a lot of these uh, bull beef systems are high cost, high input, and they're the cattle that are going into the systems at the moment. So impossible to make money at that uh, losing uh, per head and if uh, people continue to lose they're not going to go back at it there are an amount of people as I speak to different farmers around that are genuinely just getting fed up with uh, lessening prices uh, increased inputs and they are pulling back on numbers everywhere you go you see people doing it and I suppose the reality is of the uh, the slip on the uh, prices for seven weeks on the trot there are a lot of cows going into that system now uh, especially um, guys getting out of sucklers and uh, and dairy cows as well and that's going to put a floor under the trade uh, also on the sheep side of things bad news for sheep farmers as well prices are averaging over 40 cent a kilo behind 2022 and the IFA came out a statement saying that sheep farmers do not have the capacity to endure this level of income loss and immediate action is required so it is challenging news on both fronts bad news I should say not use the word challenging bad news for beef farmers bad news for sheep farmers at the moment with prices dropping and dropping week on week and uh very hard to stay motivated and stay committed when uh, you're not getting paid for your, your product and putting so much hard work and effort into it. Uh, now, moving on to uh, the first topic of this evening, and that is Mullingar Show. I have Paddy Donnelly on the line. Paddy, you're working hard over in the showgrounds there, I believe. Yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, good, e- good evening to you and all uh, your listeners. Uh, you're more than welcome, Paddy. We'll chat about the show in just a moment, but it is something I always think is interesting with Mullingar's show. It's the length of time you're on the go, Paddy. It's uh, it's not your first rodeo, as they say. Uh, this is which uh, number show coming up this Sunday? Oh, we'd be well into uh, uh, in around 180, 90 years uh, on the road now, you know, from our first show. And... Uh, uh, on our own grounds here since uh, 19, uh, 1976, uh, we've got the chance of uh, buying it from the Irish Land Commission. Uh, we were fin- finished up in uh, 95 on the race course, and uh, the Land Commission had bought the Colleen Estate, and they allowed us on our show there in 1976. And in 1977, then we got the opportunity of buying it, and we, 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 we purchased uh, around 60 acres. Uh, and uh, uh, some uh, some horse boxes on that. 
And Paddy, that's the another one of the, the unique things about Mullingar Show. As you said, you, you own your own premises, you own your own grounds. And it's the fantastic thing that obviously is one of the reasons there's such long, longevity over the course of the last 40, 50 years since you, since you bought it. But you've diversified as well, Paddy. You're, you are an agri show for, uh, for this Sunday, for the 9th of July. But for the rest of the year, you have other income streams as well, which is uh, a fantastic yeah. testament to yourselves yeah. and all the organisers. Well, well, it is, but uh, like every like every business, you know, you you have uh, a huge amount of maintenance, uh, and and we had a lot of maintenance each year. So we 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 looked into it a number of years ago. There, what could we, uh, what other income could we could we bring in? And uh, uh, about uh, 15, 16 years ago, we put in a, a sand arena and uh, done up our horse boxes with the help of Westmead Community Development. And we spent around a hundred thousand on that, mm. and uh, we have that leased out now for uh, during the year. And then we also developed some of the ground for a driving range, and that seems that's going very well now for the last number of years. Yeah, fantastic. Sea diversity, like it. You're on this Sunday, Paddy, 9th of July, and uh, there's lots and lots going on. You have a few All Ireland classes. You have entertainment throughout the day. Uh, the All Ireland classes, Paddy. Who's who's going to you in relation to those? Well, we have the beef, our uh, All Ireland beef to the heel, uh, um, uh, beef to the heel, and uh, that's two thousand. And then in the sheep section, we, we have three All Irelands. We have one for Belgium, which is a huge entry of around uh, over seventy uh, entries in that in that section alone. And then we have a new one there, is it Valatas Black Nose Sheep? Maybe Ninja, you'll be more. Uh, up to speed with those uh, type of sheep. I think they're. Up to speed. I haven't come across them, Paddy. I won't lie to you, but uh, we're we're learning every day. <laughs> yes, well, they're having their honour in, in Mullingar this year as well, and there is, uh, I think, there's about sixty entries in that. Fantastic stuff. I also see you have Declan Ernie on from three to five. Uh, so there's going to be there's going to be dancing. There's going to be festivities. It promises yes. to be great entertainment for all. And sheep shearing, and uh, yes, we have a, a lot of trade stands as well, indoor and outdoor. And uh, something for all the family, and a lot, a lot of amusement for the children as well. Well, you mentioned indoor and outdoor there, Paddy. And uh, fingers yes. crossed, you won't need the indoor. But no doubt, you are glued to Met Heron at the moment. What's Sunday given uh, as as we stand? Well, well, not only to Met Heron, but in the Mullingar area, because you know yourself, it, it could be raining in one field at the moment, and the next field could be dry. So, yeah, we're, our fingers are crossed that that. Uh, uh, it'll stay dry around uh, our showgrounds on Sunday. Uh, yeah, no, no doubt though, Paddy, as well, e- even if it is raining, you probably have cover. These type, the type of rain we're getting, it's lasting 10 and minutes and 5 minutes. You can kind of pop in and pop out of it. And, uh, they're sun showers. They're, they're not, they're not, it's not the worst type of weather, you know? No, no, we have, uh, we have uh, a lot of indoor accommodation, very big uh, air sheds or that there as well. And that, uh, that would uh, take in uh, quite a lot of people. But nothing... Uh, you know, if, if the crowd is very big, it wouldn't take, as you say, it only lasts uh, 10 or 15 minutes and hopefully it won't come just at around lunchtime or that. Yeah, know? fingers crossed. So, but Paddy, listen, we'll, we'll wish you all the best. You're on this Sunday coming 9th of July. No doubt you're going to have a big turnout and uh, many thanks for joining us here in the programme. Just just to finish off, NJ, we have uh, the Minister for Agriculture doing the official opening. Oh, and uh, And ch- adults is 15 euros and students is 10 and o- o- OAPs are 10 and children are under 10 or 3. Excellent. Okay, Thanks, Paddy. Thank you. Good man. Uh, Paddy Donnelly there from Mullingar Show. And uh, 
opening that is going to be Minister McConlogue on Sunday and uh, fingers crossed for the weather but as we were saying look at these uh, these showers they're lasting alright but uh, they're lasting a period of time they're, they're gone then and it's uh, it's it's sunny again but uh, hopefully the weather will be good this Sunday coming now going to move on to a break and after the break I am going to be speaking all about the uh, derogation and nitrates and just where we are at at the moment and are we actually definitively going from 250 to 220? Has it been set in stone? Is it still up in the air? And uh, what's the reasoning for this movement? And Eddie Burgess from Chagas is going to be the man speaking to me about that in just a moment. So stay tuned. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're moving on to the nitrates derogation and a lot of... Uh, speculation about this over the course of the last number of days and we're going to try and shed some light on the subject for you now I have Eddie Burgess on the line from Chagas Eddie many thanks for taking my call this evening You're very welcome MJ very welcome thanks for having me uh, more, more than welcome Eddie this has got you know massive media coverage over the last number of days we've been hearing about nitrates for the last I suppose this year really uh, going from 250 and we losing our 250 and it moving moving downwards uh, where there's talk of it going to 220 now at the moment I know no, nothing is yet completely set in stone but can you just give us a little bit of the background Eddie why has this come to the fore over the course of the last five or six days um, the, the, the reason why it's come to the fore in the last week is because the Environmental Protection Agency completed an assessment that they were re- required uh, to do uh, an assessment of the country um, that was required in the derogation decision that was received la- uh, from the European Commission last April, April 2022. So the Department of Agriculture went over to the European Commission. Um, they were hoping to do it and get approval for the derogation in the end of 2021. That didn't happen and it got delayed. Um, and we're all keeping our fingers crossed, hoping that the derogation would come through. That's a process that happens every four years. And they came back in April with approval for the derogation for another four-year period. And everyone initially was delighted to see that, but written into that was a midterm review of the derogation. So at now, at this time, in the middle of 2023, the Department of Agriculture were asked to to carry out a review of water quality in the country. Um, The EPA have contributed to that. There were four criteria that were set out uh, and it it was stated that in land that drains into a particular monitoring point uh, that does not meet any one of those four criteria, Um, actions will have to be taken and one of those actions is that the stocking rate will be for the derogation the limit the maximum stocking rate limit would be reduced from 250 down to 220. Uh, The uh, EPA carried out that assessment and produced a map recently that that indicates most of the country um, unfortunately uh, but most of the country has has been coloured that didn't meet one or other of those four criteria. And the criteria that we didn't meet, is is that more nitrogen being found in rivers and water courses? Is, that, is it as simple as that or is it more complicated? No, it's more complicated than that. Um, th- there is a massive focus on nitrogen at the moment. Um, uh, 
and, and I worked with a water quality program called the Agricultural Catchments Program, which is monitoring the regulations, uh, sorry, monitoring the impact of the regulations in the nitrates directive. And um, I suppose our, one of our, well, a major finding of ours is that farm practice is one of many factors that influence the amount of nitrate that ends up in the water. And quite often, um, the amount of nitrate leaving is not related to stocking rate. Um, that, and factors like the weather from one year to the other or different soil types will override um, or have a greater influence on nitrate loss than what one farmer does in comparison to another. But nitrate is not the only factor. Um, it probably is the main one. Um, but the, the four criteria, the first one is that the water quality is below the drinking water standard for nitrate. And that's not a problem. We meet that requirement. We're better than most European countries in that regard. The next one is that there, the nitrate levels in 2022 are lower than what was found in 2021. Uh, that's one I have difficulty with because the nitrate levels will fluctuate from one year to another regardless of what people do. And uh, Bill Callanan from the Department of Agriculture highlighted that in last year we had lower cow numbers and significantly lower fertilizer, night, chemical nitrogen fertilizer use in the country, and yet the EPA had reported an increase in nitrate. So, th so th that's just exemplary of the irony when we're monitoring nitrate. But that, unfortunately, one of the criteria was to compare 2022 with 2021, and a number of monitoring stations did not meet that criteria. Uh, the next one is that water bodies um, over a three-year period, 90, um, 2020, 21, and 2022, uh, were not to be eutrophic. And the final one is that they're not to be at risk of eutrophic. And now what eutrophic means is they, they look at the nutrient content of the water, how much phosphorus and nitrogen is, is in it, and there's limits that it's to below. And they also look at the biology in, in the water, what, what's living there, what's living in the riverbed, what's living in the lake, fish uh, and uh, larvae of flies and moths and snails and slugs and other smaller smaller pieces of life. And, and that gives an indication of the quality in the water. Some species are sensitive to pollution and others are more tolerant. And, and if the makeup of what's in the river or in the lake or in the sea, our estuary isn't, is composed mostly of more tolerant species, then that's an indication of poorer water quality. And they combine that with the chemical result. And um, if they're not what you would like them to be, they could say it's either eutrophic or at risk of being eutrophic. The, uh, the, the, at risk, the at risk of being uh, eutrophic, that one, Eddie, that's, uh, that's very amb amb ambiguous. Um, there's a lot of ambiguity with that, I should say. As in, you know what I mean? Like you're looking at it. Uh, how do you definitively say that? There's that is what's bringing to mind to me. And also the 2022 versus 2021. What springs to mind again when I'm looking at that is like we've only started uh, the banding, for example, now, um, you know, lesser cow numbers, um, depending on your given area and whatnot. But it's like we haven't been allowed to see if that's going to have any effect and we're going to be knocked down regardless. Yeah, and I, 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 I think that is a very fair point. In over the last six years, 
since a mi- uh, actually a midterm review that the Department of Agriculture brought in, I, I mentioned that the nitrates um, regulations change every four years, but the Department of Agriculture brought in a midterm review uh, four years ago. Um, I'm getting sorry now. I'm getting four or so, probably closer to six years ago, and um, ever since then there has been additional regulations year on year, but most most significantly in the last year banding came in and banding really as, as a result um, could result in anything from uh, uh, five to like if, if you go back in comparison it's not that long ago a dairy cow was considered to be 85 kilograms of nitrogen and some of them now are at 106 mm-hmm. so so uh, like that's a significant cut um, if, if people are on the limit and um uh, the mid- two thirds of the cows in the country are in the middle band at uh, 92 kilograms of organic nitrogen per cow. Um, yeah, so there was a there was a there was a cut basically on on, on the majority. Uh, yeah. In relation to the the, the 220, then uh, Eddie, look, um, it's it's not set in stone yet, but it's looking it's looking like 99 percent sure it's going to go from 250 to 220. Uh, but we're not going to get news on that officially until is it uh, the back end of the year, kind of September October time. Yeah, it is. It's due to be carried out in September, but uh, my expectation is, um, well, I wouldn't bet on that final decision being made in September. There's going to be an awful lot, uh, understandably, there's going to be an awful lot of um, discussions, to put it mildly. And if if that uh, result is given, say, in September, October time for farmers who are in the derogation now, uh, 2024, I'm presuming, then would be the one one January 2024 on would probably be the start of the 220 as opposed to 250. And I know we're kind of playing a guessing game now, but you know, an educated guess. I'm guessing that's when it'll be. Y- yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, again, in the derogation decision that that from the European Commission, they call it an implementing decision um, that that Ireland received in in the approval of the derogation. It said that. It, um, if if region uh, water body doesn't reach the required status from the first of January 2024, the stocking rate for a derogation farmer will be cut from 250 to 220. Mm. And I, the, from from my own meetings with the Department of Agriculture, just hearing back on on their communication with the European Commission, the. It's the environmental section in the European Commission, and their focus is very much on water quality. Um, they refer back to another European directive called the Water Framework Directive, and it has a requirement that all uh, water across Europe has to reach a certain standard by the end of the current um, river basin management plan, which finishes up in 2027. And the current um, trajectory of water quality based on the EPA reports that have been coming out over many years now is not showing us moving in that direction. And the European Commission get those reports as part of the derogation every year. Um, uh, As part of the derogation requirement, Ireland has to submit a report back to the European Commission and that's composed of three parts. Uh, The Department of Agriculture contribute to it, talking about how many farmers are in derogation, where they're located, how many cows in the country are are applying for it. The Agriculture Catchments Programme that I work with may contribute to that report, uh, given the science behind factors that influence water quality. 
and our, our results from our research and the evaluation of the regulations. And then the EPA gave a report on the state of water quality nationally within Ireland. And mostly for the derogation, it's looking at the nutrient content, nitrogen and phosphorus. Yeah, very good, Eddie. Look, I could stay speaking to you for a lot longer on this, but unfortunately, we're just out of time on it. I'm going to say many thanks for joining me, giving us a, a really comprehensive update on it there. That's where it's at at the moment. And look, no doubt I'll be speaking to you towards the back end of the year on this again. Many thanks, Eddie. Not at all, MJ. You're very welcome. Thanks very much. Uh, Eddie Burgess there from Chagas and uh, as I said Eddie uh, a great comprehensive outline of it there look realistically it's going from 250 to 220 if you're in the derogation uh, for next year I suppose you have to start doing your figures up now as to um, what that's going to mean for you. it's going to mean a stock reduction there's no question about that uh, for the people who are in a derogation and who are exporting slurry that's where the issue is really going to be now for 2023 uh, given the fact um, that a, a farm if they're level 3 on P they can't take in slurry and uh, if they don't have a soil sample done they're going to be deemed to be uh, at that level so that's where you, you really need to just start uh, thinking about things now at this stage of the year uh, also look um, as I said um, there's a lot of stuff up in the air in relation to those four points um, and he, as Eddie himself alluded to they are not particularly fair that they took uh, 2022 needing to be lowered in 2021 considering these change these change year on year anyway weather being a big one you know if there's going to be a lot of rain it's going to have a, a totally uh, different result uh, on this than, than, a, than a drier year and uh, I would definitely argue there couldn't have been a year like last year where there was less nitrogen spread given the cost of it uh, but again that didn't seem to make the difference so um, we can argue about it all we want but uh, that seems to be where it's going 250 down to 220 uh, obviously not set in stone yet and we will keep an eye on it here on the programme as soon as there's more news on that we'll let you all know now coming up after the break going to be talking to Pat O'Toole from the Irish Farmers Journal Pat went to the USA a couple of weeks back on the trip of a lifetime as he said himself in a piece he wrote so let's hear all about that in just a moment Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now, Pat O'Toole from the Irish Farmers Journal joins me. Pat, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Evening, MJ. Uh, you got to go on the trip of a lifetime, Pat, as you said, in a great piece you wrote for the paper uh, last week. It was a trip to the USA and for a political nerd, in inverted commas, because I'm quoting yourself there, Pat, you said it was, a, it was a real, real highlight. Can you give us a little bit of background on this US trip, please? What was it about? Sure. So it's the IFA's Chairman's Forum. Every year the IFA County Chairman um, take off uh, on a, a very short, very intensive trip. Um, I've been on a couple of them in the past. Normally someone from the Farmer's Journal uh, tags along. Um, and uh, last year we were in Paris and we got to see Runges Market and uh, we were on some farms and it was quite farmer heavy uh, in terms of, but, but this one we went to Washington and it's the first time they've been to the United States. Um, and uh, the, there was half a day where the IFA chairman went to conclave with the national officers and, and they talked about some of their own issues and I wasn't p- privy to that. But I was along for, for every other part of the trip and it, it was really incredible the access they got and the recognition 
uh, of the importance of Ireland as a food producing nation and of Irish farmers and of the IFA representing Irish farmers. We got to meet with Tom Vilsack, the US Secretary of Agriculture, uh, possibly the most powerful man in global agriculture, mm. either him or the US Commissioner uh, or the EU Commissioner. Um, so we, uh, he sat down with the IFA in the USDA uh, offices for an hour. And uh, the USDA is the US Department of Agriculture. And it just shows how important agriculture is in America that there's a Secretary of Agriculture. Um, he's the, the minister or the equivalent of our mm. minister. He's in cabinet. It's the Department of Agriculture, um, much like in Ireland. Unlike if you look at other countries, uh, agriculture is relegated. If you take the United Kingdom, um, it's DEFRA, the Department of the Envir- Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. There's no mention of farming mm. uh, or agriculture there. So um, we, we then went to the, the Senate building, the Capitol, which I think is the nerve centre. When you're over there, you realise that the Capitol is the nerve centre of US politics. Um, everywhere you go in Washington, D.C., you're looking back at the Capitol. You're either going towards it or away from it, it seems, or around it. Um, it it's it's a, a planned city. Um, it, Washington, D.C. is not in any of the 50 states. D.C. stands for District of Columbia, and it's apart from all the 50 states. Um, and it people who live in Washington, D.C. don't get to vote for a senator or a congressman or congressperson. Um, uh, but they are at the heart of the, the nerve center of, uh, of, of global power. You're looking at the Pentagon. Um, you know, you're looking at the White House. But the Capitol is really the nerve center. And in the Capitol, we met with key aides uh, and advisors to the uh the secretary of the or the the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee and her opposite number, who is the opposition leader on the Senate Agriculture Committee. And for people who are interested in U.S. politics, they'll know that the Senate is finally balanced. It's 50-50. There's two senators for every state, 50 U.S. states, 100 senators. It's 50-50 between Democrats and Republicans, with uh, the ch- casting vote going to the Vice President Kamala Harris. So. Um, what was interesting about agriculture uh, in, in what is a very partisan uh, political environment is that there's far more bipartisan work. The, they're currently finalising the latest edition of the US Farm Bill. It will be prepared by the end of the year. And both sides, uh, both Republicans and Democrats, were broadly agreed on the key issues. Um, there's money in place. There's $40 billion already being put in place for farmers to adjust uh, in terms of lower carbon farming and farming more in harmony with the environment. Uh, so there's money in place and there's broad agreement on the strategy. Uh, so, uh, you know, that was quite is, interesting is to Pat see. The, uh, look, the environmental question here, I spent a number of minutes talking about the derogation of 250, 220 here. One of the uh, Eddie Burgess from Chagas, just before he came on, we're talking about uh, sustainability every week in some way, shape or form. Like, what's the, the, the plan over in, in the US? Is, is sustainability on the tip of everyone's tongue as well? Or is it, does it have a backseat? No, it really is. Uh, it's not a backseat. But it, it's not as divisive as it is in Europe. Firstly, I suppose we have to put it in context. Agriculture is responsible for only 10% of the EU's or of the US emissions compared mm. to where it's a third, give or take, of Irish emissions. Uh, so it's, it's not uh, as central to reaching national targets on carbon reduction. Secondly, I suppose, 
um, the uh, it's a huge country. Um, and it's, it's only when you're over there. If Ireland was a US state, it would be 41st uh, in size out of the 50 states. So um, there are only 9.4 million dairy cows uh, in, in the US. We have 1.65 here in Ireland. So, you know, there's only 40 million cows in the US in total across that vast. Uh, so, so the environmental pressures are different. Now, I know the proportion of the US land base that is available to agriculture and suitable for, for farming is very different to that in Ireland. The other thing I suppose is that it's lower input farming so you've got the huge prairies where they use less fertiliser, less pesticides and they accept much lower yields because land is not a limiting factor. Here in Ireland and in Europe we have climactic conditions and growing conditions that allow for high yields but the, the the wet weather that we experience means that you have to go out with fungicides to protect the crops and you, to to achieve the, the potential of the land, you have to use quite a bit of artificial fertilizer, of chemical fertilizer. So we have um, we have to reduce our inputs more under the Green Deal. They don't have those same pressures in America. But the biggest difference of all is there's not that divisiveness between the US, the environmental lobby and the farm lobby in the US. They're actually working together on programs. The World Wildlife Foundation are in on the ground uh, with farm organisations uh, in in working on uh, the pilot schemes, which are going to turn very quickly with that 40 billion in place into uh, roll, you know broadly rolled out schemes among farmers to reduce the carbon output of farming and to improve it. But the plan is to very quickly bring in the marketplace. So while that $40 billion is seed capital for these funds, uh, they're intend for, uh, for the marketplace to pay farmers for lower carbon farming, for a soil improvement, for biodiversity, for water improvement, for air quality improvement. So all the things that we're talking about doing under prescription in, in Ireland uh, and across Europe. In the US, farmers are going to be paid for doing them by the marketplace, by large companies, by retailers, in terms of carbon offsets. They're way ahead of us in terms of carbon trading. It's it, you know it's in train, uh, whereas with us, it's just a, a, something that's a discussion paper at the moment. Um, so US farmers, I think broadly, and we met pretty much all the main farming organizations o- o- over you know the whistle-stop tour of three days, um, they're much more confident uh, about and much less uh, under threat, I suppose, that, than Irish and European farmers. Pat, a uh, great rundown, I have to say, uh, listening intently to you there. And there's so many other questions I could ask. Unfortunately, I'm just running out of time on it. So uh, it, is, uh, it was a great, great trip. And uh, if uh, any of the listeners out there haven't read your article, it's online on the, on the Farmers Journal website and they, they can have a, have a look at it. I'm going to say many thanks for joining me, Pat. Great rundown there. And I thoroughly enjoyed the chat. You're very welcome, MJ. Take care. Uh, Pat O'Toole there from the Farmer's Journal. And uh, what a lot to pack into three days. The thing is there, as Pat said, look, in the US, uh, agriculture is responsible for 10% of emissions. In Ireland, it's 33%. And it is the vastness of it all. Uh, told you all before I was watching a TV program called Yellowstone and as Pat's talking about the prairies um, you know they're not using pesticides not using chemical fertilizer because they don't have to because these farms are the same sizes as as I'm not even going to say parishes as half the counties over here uh, there's just no necessity to do it so it's a, it's a far more natural style of uh, of farming and uh, and hence 
uh, there isn't the same uh, issues over there. But also something I'm finding interesting is how the market are going to have to pay for uh, these uh, goods and these um, services and foods that are going to be provided for in a more environmentally friendly manner. This is something that's happening in France where uh, people can go into the supermarket and they can look at prod- products that are more expensive if they are farmed in maybe an organic way or whatnot and then customers buy uh, the more expensive ones and that gets filtered back to the farmer on the ground. That's where we have to look at it here in Ireland. Uh, instead of milk just being the same price across the board, if uh, if your farm with a lower stocking rate and you're you know really uh, concentrating on sequestering carbon, you have to be paid more for that and that really is the future. Now we are going to go to a break and I'm going to be speaking to a man called Mervyn Akmuti and he's from BASE B-A-S-E and it is about uh, sustainable agriculture uh, farming with the environment and some interesting concept, uh, concepts in it one of them is they are all for min till so uh, I'm going to see if Mervyn wants to get rid of all the ploughs in the country now in just a moment so stay tuned for that Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now I'm moving on and I have Mervyn Akmuti on the line. And Mervyn is on a silage pit at the moment in a loading shovel. It's turned off there, uh, Mervyn. We can't keep you too long. There'll be a load of grass into you in a moment. Right. Uh, Mervyn, tell me, you're talking about BASE, B-A-S-E. It's a group of farmers who've got together. Uh, what are you all about, Mervyn? Tell me, please. Um, so, I suppose back in 2015, uh, BASE was formed and it has grown from then. So, um, BASE, it stands for Biodiversity, Agriculture, Soil and Environment. And it was basically a, a group of 15 farmers who were frustrated by the, I suppose, lack of help and lack of advice um, from whoever was around to advise, I suppose, Mm. um, to go down the the conservation or the regenerative route in agriculture. And it was was tillage farmers at the time. So they were trying to direct drill and... um, some of them were trying to strip till and min till drill and stuff like that and get crops and they weren't having a whole lot of success and they weren't having any success in getting help doing it either. So they, they looked around and they found Base UK and Base France. So they, Base Ireland is a sort of a, a sister then to Base UK and Base France. And uh, they formed the group 15 lads and it kind of grew, grew from then and... Um, the the kind of the motto of base Ireland is farmers educating farmers. That yeah. was uh, it was the late Philip Reck who was one of the founding members. He was unfortunately he was um, killed in a workplace accident two years ago. So um, it, that was his quote. So that's 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 our motto now. Yeah, that's um, farmers that's, educating farmers. That's something you're bringing forward with yourselves, um, uh, Mervyn, and keeping keeping the memory alive which is a lovely thing to do one of the things you're talking about is uh, min-till or uh, minimal disturbance of soil now we often have uh, lots of plough men and women on the programme here over the years they'll say to you there's nothing like ploughing to keep weeds down but obviously you're uh, totally on the other side of the coin in relation to that we are yeah and um, I suppose a lot of us maybe started off doing min-till 
and then well maybe for, for myself I should say like we started off doing min tail and then we went to strip tail with a Clayton drill and then we went complete no tail um, with this drill and that's what we're doing now and we did that since 2019 and with min tail um, it definitely does have grass weed problems but um, we're finding less of that now with direct drill because you're not disturbing you're not disturbing the soil you're not bringing up new seeds so if you can keep the the seeds on top of the ground, um, if you can look after them, then you're not bringing up fresh ones out of the seed bed. Um, and how are, you finding, how are you finding yields, Mervyn, with uh, this form of uh, cultivation? Yields are, are pretty similar to what we were always getting. When we did, when we went to strip till in the beginning, there was two years, the first year was great, and the next two years after that, we had a big drop off in yield, and then it came back up again. I'm not sure why that happened, but it did happen. And um, I suppose the good thing about this is you can throw that out. Why is that happening? And then I just say, well, that happened to me or that such and such happened to me. It's as much about the things you do wrong as the things um, that you do right. And again, it's farmers edu- educating farmers. And if there's a farmer, um, if there's a farmers listening now, uh, Mervyn, and they're interested in getting involved, uh, what to do? Just contact Base Ireland. Let's see if a website here at baseireland.ie. Uh, just contact yeah. it and someone will be in touch or you'll be just popped into a WhatsApp group or how's it work? Um, no, well, you're, you're, you're good. There's a member's email there and you just send off an email and that email, you will get a questionnaire and if you're suitable, you will be allowed in and you'll be allowed to join and if you're not, you'll be told why you're not suitable. Um Again, because it's farmers educating farmers, we don't want it influenced by a whole lot of other people with different agendas. Yeah. And it wouldn't be fair to the existing members, who is about 100, slightly over 100 members, it wouldn't be fair to those members to bring in different influences and change the whole ethos of the thing around by doing that. So we want to keep it as it is, working as it is, but there is room for more members, but there will be vetted and there's some people you know won't be let in yeah, no I understand I, and I understand the reason for it as well Mervyn I'm going to let you back to the silage we're just out of time here on the programme I'm going to say many thanks for joining me and giving us a rundown on Bass Ireland and uh, no doubt look we may be speaking to you again on the programme at some stage and thanks for the opportunity of letting us on now, now back make sure that silage pit is well rolled Mervyn ok <laughs> thank, <laughs> well, thank you, you. <laughs> Uh, Mervyn Akmuti there and that is Base Ireland and as I said if you're interested in Base all you do is pop on to Base Ireland B-A-S-E uh, Ireland.ie and uh, fill out the little email uh, form on, forum I should say under contact and someone will be back to you now that is it for this evening's programme I want to thank everyone for joining me here over the course of the last hour that was Mervyn there from Base Pat O'Toole from Irish Farmers Journal Eddie Burgess from Chagas and at the start of the hour we're speaking to Paddy Donnelly from Mullingar Show taking place this Sunday fingers crossed for the weather now I'll be back with you all this time next week the show is repeated on Sunday morning at 7am until 8am Wherever you get your podcast, pop in MJ Space Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y, and we will be there and you can listen at your leisure. And as I said, I'll talk to you in seven days' time. Joe Cooney is up next with Country Roads. Good night and God bless.